Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bloody awesome! Bloody Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me from across the pond is the angel to my uh, hopes and dreams. It's Matt Hudson for whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how you doing, sir? You sit around here and you spin your little webs and you think the whole world rolls around you and your money. Well, it doesn't, Mr. Potter. Hey. Oh, wrong film. <laughs> anyway, I'm doing very well, my friend. That will become apparent what I'm on about very shortly, guys. Yes. But I am doing very, very well. It, spooky season has gone. A little bit sad about that. But as John mentioned last week, it's festive season. Now, festive season actually probably started in August for most shops. But it's festive season. We're getting the Christmas films. We're getting the Oscar bait films coming out. Um, we're getting still getting blockbusters. We're getting new trailers for new films coming out next year. Things mm-hmm. are starting to ramp up a little bit, so we're, I'm very excited about that. But um, how are you, really my friend? Are you keeping Florida safe and well? I am. I am. I'm. I'm really hoping uh, that the um, actors and the, and SAG is able to mm-hmm. uh, get their demands met, so that the strike can end, and that we hopefully will get movies next year because it is. It's getting scary with some of the stuff getting pushed back and uh, the uncertainty of it all. And again, I, I want SAG to get what they're demanding. I can't believe it's taking so long. Um, and especially because it seems to be the AI stuff that's hanging everything up, which is frustrating. Um, like that they want this use of uh, an extra's image forever. And that's horrifying for so many reasons. But um Listeners, Matt just mentioned uh, that spooky season's over and the festive season's here, but I think we found a movie this week that merges those two ideas pretty Ooh. well. Um, we're talking about a movie, though. This is an unusual thing for this uh, podcast, but we're going to be getting into a movie that's not quite out yet. When you're hearing this, you probably will not have been able to see it yet, um, but it will be out this week in a limited release, and then eventually, we don't know when yet, on Shutter. Um, which again, Shudder is not a sponsor of this podcast, but, um, hmm. um, I think that's a fun kind of a uh, twist, Matt, cause you, you brought up spooky season being over and I know how much you love that season. And, and yet yeah, we both love the, we're both Christmassy people. I think we like yes. the holidays. We like, uh, the atmosphere. I, I think we both like Christmas movies for the most part. Yep. Um, yep. and, uh, Starbucks and uh, to be fair, all the coffee shops essentially, uh, because Starbucks does it and so all must follow um the the winter flavors are out now um have you had any of the the holiday festive coffee flavors yet well i had the panettone one last week which i thought was a delight um i had a hazelnut hot chocolate and a peppermint hot chocolate during the week as well Uh, especially the peppermint one comes out more so at this time of the year and what was the one it was was it gingerbread maybe the gingerbread one i had as well um but I am now trying to cut down how many yeah. coffee coffees I have during the week. But uh, my have 
made sure I've indulged. And as much as I am going to cut down, I will always make allowances for one or two a week. Uh, well, firstly, it saves money. Secondly, calories. Yeah. Thirdly, it's once a year. I know we've still got many more years left on this uh, earth, but still, I want to make sure I get the most out of festive season. Agreed. Um, marketing gimmicks for as long as I can. Yeah, I, I, they, they are expensive, and they've they've only gotten more expensive. And I have pretty nice coffee making equipment here, not mm-hmm, yep. to the level, but I, I've I've invested in in having stuff here. And I do have uh, the holiday flavors from Nespresso in my house already. I've got gingerbread and peppermint. Um, and that's like today. Instead, I was going to get uh, I yesterday. I got um, another of the the sugar cookie almond milk lattes from Starbucks because I had a screening and I had to go right from work to. Uh, editor for Burke Reviews, David, um, his place. And so it, there's a, literally a Starbucks like in front of his area. Um, so I was like, well, I'm just going to want to grab the Starbucks He's before staying. I go to his house. Uh, and I, I, and I did. Um, and so, you know, but like if I, I was going to get one on the way home today, cause I'm like, I like to have a coffee before we record, um, middle of the day, you know, I need to pick me up. Cause this is like two o'clock for me listeners, three o'clock. Uh, and, um, I was like, you know what? I don't need to spend the, the $6 because I'm also, I have a screening tomorrow night. So I, you know, I, I need to be able to like, when I have screenings, I go right from work to the screening. So I need to be able to get mm-hmm. food. I don't need to drop $30 each day. I have a screening, you know what I'm saying? So like, I'm like, I got to chill with the the Starbucks on, especially on the days where I don't need to, when I have the ability to make it myself. So that's what I did. I made a, a nice peppermint mocha co- uh, coffee here at my house and it's quite tasty. Damn. Um, but yeah, I, you know, listeners, if you haven't yet indulged, uh, it, it is Matt's completely right. Like the peppermint mochas are like 400 calories. Um, I try to <laughs> avoid those yeah, from so the store as much though. as I can. They are really good. Uh, and they, they used to have a skinny one. And I don't know what happened, Starbucks. Uh, people still like the lower calorie options. I don't know why that's not a thing anymore. Uh, it's not like you, I mean, we know that uh, alternative sweeteners exist. So why don't you have it? that way um and same thing. Us all up. dude well every time one of the soda companies releases a new flavor and they don't offer it in a zero i'm like why why can't you make this one in a zero you made that one in a zero it feels like you could make all of them in a zero and you i know? feel like we're in a more health conscious world now i mean um yeah i say that as somebody who's been to the gym um but i feel like <laughs> we're in a more of a health conscious world where people are you know there are much more uh, many more options like a skinny or a yeah. zero or vegan uh, options as well. Whereas, you know, you'd think someone like Coca-Cola who may be the devil, I don't know, but you'd think enough, any, any ways they could make money, they would do it. Yeah. Oh, let's, let's make a zero version of this or What's, a caffeine free version. So, caffeine free. There's not enough of those, my friend. I never know, Matt, what transfers from both of our countries. Like, do you have cream soda in the UK? Is that a thing? Yes, we, we do. Um, usually it's, uh, we do have a, we have our own version of it. And then okay. we have in the American sections, we have the actual stuff uh, in now, cans imported over. So cream soda is not like super popular here. I mean, it exists, right? It's there. I don't, I don't yeah, feel yeah. like most people go to, that's their go-to soda. But um, in Louisiana, when I, I went to uh, the, the Overlook Festival, um, I discovered there's a red cream soda that's very popular there. What's, what and makes it red? I, I can't give you a definitive answer. It tastes different <laughs> and I like it. Um, it's, it's maybe like a cherry infused kind of like cream soda. 
um i'm a big fan of like cherry sodas in general same that's one of my go if i see that a a cherry variation i'm gonna get that you'd be surprised at how much crossover there is i mean some of the more ubiquitous american snacks maybe not so but for the majority we get so we have barks root beer and barks cream soda which is one of my favorites and at the uh amc theaters they have the the coca-cola freestyle machines right and they have the barks root beer zero and the barks cream soda zero and i've always been i'm so grateful because like most places don't have zero root beer on tap like you're getting either full sugar and i'm a root beer fan Uh, i know a lot of people aren't i don't understand that i think it tastes great but uh amc theaters are testing and only one of the many there's like five freestyle machines at the amc theater we were at last night only one of them has it but they have the red cream soda now from barks like testing and so i, I had it and they have it zero and regular and i was super hyped because i'm like oh man when i was in louisiana i had to try one but they did not have zero so i was like this is like so many calories in a drink that does not fill me up whatsoever it just feels like wasted effort there we are uh, talking about drinking it not drinking the calories and we're ending yeah. it off with jb saying well actually there is a machine which gives me all the calories i need but, but, but still but, but, I, and it's great now amc has the zero one and that's what i'm saying and it was it wasn't as good of course uh because real sugar there's a reason why we consume it like we do it's it's tasty um but the, the zero i was it was nice to have it uh in florida for one and also um with zero calories i'm just saying like come on guys if they're making the red cream soda zero in an amc only like an exclusive thing it must be pretty easy to make things zero is what i'm saying like stop messing with me give me zero options anyways folks we're not here to talk about soda we've spoken Uh, we're here to talk about a horror christmas movie that's coming to theaters on november 10th uh just a couple days from when you're listening to this or if you're listening to this after we've released it it could be after november 10th check your local listings it might be playing near you it's called It's a Wonderful Knife. Um, now, bef- if, you, if you're like that, did he just say the wrong movie title? I sounded like he said It's a Wonderful Life. No, no, I did not. I said It's a Wonderful Knife, hence the horror element. And obviously, yes, if you're thinking It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie, well, yeah, this is a parody of that. Now, I need everyone to know that I list my favorite movie of all time o- over every other movie that's ever been made and i have seen over four thousand films in my life um it's a wonderful life is my favorite movie i think it is a perfect film um i think james stewart is incredible i think frank capra's uh style and storytelling is is spot on, uh, spot on and the movie holds up year after year and unfortunately right now it resonates even more than it used to um Oof, we see a lot yeah. of potters in the world we're currently living in and um so when i heard about this film when i when i saw that they were doing a horror parody of my favorite christmas film and then saw that justin long's name was in the credits i was like (laughs) well i'm gonna watch that and review it now i was apprehensive because as much as i enjoy justin long he doesn't always pick good projects he definitely is willing to work um, and that's not a criticism. That's just sometimes you're going to watch a movie with him in it. He'll still do stuff, but the movie around him may not be the best. Then you get something like Barbarian. You're like, oh, hold on. Now, now you're talking. Y- yes. And that's just it. Justin Long has a, a varied history. But man, when his movies hit, they hit. Like there yeah. are some really great movies that he and has him, done. It, yeah. And I tend to like him no matter what. Like I don't I don't I can't think of too many performances where I'm upset with his decisions. There are yeah, some no, that no. feel like he's doing a friend for a favor, a lot of the Kevin Smith <laughs> stuff. Um, but, uh, so I watched this, and um, 
I, I will, we'll talk about my thoughts on it in a moment, but let's get through the stats. Um, so yes, this is a parody of my favorite Chris, not, no, I'm sorry. My favorite movie. It, I, yes. I actually think of it's a wonderful life as more than a Christmas film. I do think it, it has the themes that we associate with a Christmas movie, but if if you've only seen it a few times in your life, you may think, Oh, I remember the Christmas scene because it ends with the Christmas scene, but 90% of the movie is not at Christmas. It is, all of George Bailey's life. Um, so it, it's more than a Christmas movie to me. But here is the premise of It's a Wonderful Knife. After saving her town from a psychotic killer, Winnie uh, Carruthers, life is less than wonderful. When she wishes she'd never been born, she finds herself in a nightmare parallel universe where without her, things could be much, much worse. So Ooh. the other part that a lot of people who've only seen It's a Wonderful Life a few times in their life they they remember the uh, the ending of the film as the majority that we are following that early in the movie George wishes he was never born and then the rest of the movie is him seeing what it's like but that's the last third that's the final act of the film this flips that and it is the majority of the film is her making the wish at basically break into act two is when she wishes that she's never born wakes up and now the rest of the movie is that so they do kind of mandela effect of people's take on it's a wonderful life they they use that as the plot for this um and i i don't think that's not a criticism that's just stating how they've structured it because i feel like reading that synopsis if you are as aware of it's a wonderful life as i am uh it feels like a spoiler in the synopsis and it's not yeah uh, that's no, the first like 10 minutes of the movie is the, all of what you just heard um so here's your cast jane whitdrop oh, i'm sorry jane Whitup. Uh, is Winnie Carruthers. Jess McLeod is Bernie Simon. Joel McHale plays David Carruthers, her father. Catherine Isabel play, plays Gail Prescott, who is, at the moment, I don't remember who that was in the movie, but I hopefully will in a second. William no. B. Davis plays Roger Evans. Justin Long plays Henry Waters, the mayor, and if you will, uh, uh, stand in for Potter in the <laughs> um, uh, It's a Wonderful Life movie. Uh, Jimmy Carruthers is Aiden Howard. That's her brother. And Aaron Boyes is Judy Carruthers, the mother. And I guess Sean Deppner as Buck is important. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I guess we maybe Zania Marshall and Jason Fernandez, uh, Darla and Robbie, respectively. Yeah. I think that's pretty much the people that we have to to address. Um, Directed by, sorry, I forgot the director here, Tyler McIntyre and written by Michael Kennedy. Um, uh, After saving her, I already read the synopsis, sorry. Um, there's no audience score yet because the movie's not available for audiences. Usually we'll go through like the tail of the tape here. Um, and there's no, uh, Metacritic. There was not enough reviews posted to have a Metacritic score. Um, but we have a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, with a limited number. I think it was like 20 or 30 critics when I last looked at this, um, 2.8 letterbox and 5.5 IMDb user score. And I do want to preface that, people are able to rate both of those things without actually having seen the movie. So those scores might oh, yeah. not be indicative of people who've actually seen the film. Unfortunately, um, some people will read a synopsis and immediately like, that's stupid. Neg. Um, I had a great time with this movie. Um, I really did. Uh, I have mm-hmm. a full written review over at BerkReviews.com. Um, of my system of rating. I gave this the not quite golden pony boy rating, which is a, like a four out of five star, which is a little generous. I, I, I don't know that it's fair to say it's four out of five. I was really impressed with a lot of this movie, especially the two leads. Um, I was not familiar with Jane Whittup or Jess McLeod. 
I thought their chemistry was uh, incredible, and I really found them to be compelling characters. Um, uh, listeners, we're not going to be doing a spoiler episode for this because it's not out yet, uh, and w- we also know it's going to be a limited release for a little while, so we don't want to put into the world spoilers just yet. So we're only going to talk about our initial impressions of the movie. But um, I, I'm t- I tend to like Justin Long. I tend to like Joe McHale. I was a huge Community fan. Um, and so those two guys, they, they're doing what they do best and it works. Justin Long's, uh, the, the voice he picks for this is he always makes some pretty big choices, um, with stuff like this. I think it works really well for the character. Um, and, uh, the way the film opens, it's, it's, this is the second film I, I think has a lot of scream influence that's come out that we've talked about. Uh, we talked about totally killer, and that's clearly uh, directly referencing Scream, I think. But I also feel like this movie is directly referencing Scream as the killer's design is like the inverse of, of uh, Ghostface. It's an all-white costume. If you want to chuck in another Scream reference, look at um, Catherine Isabel's character. Her name is Gail Prescott. Gail Weathers yeah. is Prescott. Mash them together. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Oh, good catch, dude. I wasn't even thinking about the name. Um, I, even when I said it, it felt like, well, Gail, that's weird. Um, but yeah, yeah. no, uh, good, good point. Um, so yes, clearly there's some scream influence here, which uh, how can there not be, you know, if, you, uh, people who are making movies now that scream has been a, a staple for, I think anyone coming up in horror, um, Wes Craven, obviously before that was a staple, but then scream kind of the meta commentary on it. And this movie is in. Uh, direct conversation and one of the things that i was really worried about when i heard about a horror christmas movie um referencing my favorite movie of all time was that it would be doing so mockingly that it would be like you know oh remember that cheesy movie from the the 50s or the 30s um you know blah blah blah. and it's it's not that at all in fact i think this movie is a love letter to it's a wonderful life um in a lot of ways i think there's uh, like a clear love of that film and a clear love of the horror genre and the, the melding of the two really seems to work. Um, it's a, there's a lot of fun sequences, but I, I was really impressed with the characters. I, I thought Winnie and Bernie were terrific. Um, the way their, their story plays out. I had a great time. And, uh, one of the things that, um, I, re- I note in my review is, uh, Frank Capra's one of the biggest criticisms levied against him was that he was too saccharine, that he was too sentimental. <laughs> and, uh, they called his movies Capricorn because they were a little corny, a little cheesy, um, a little too Love sweet. That, yeah. And I, I do too. And that's the thing Spielberg gets a similar thing thrown at him at, from time to time that he's too sentimental. That works for me. And, um, this movie I think leans into that at one point, which I won't say how or where, but there is a part where I was expecting it to go one way and it leaned heavily into the sappy. And I was like, I loved it. I was just like, Oh, that works for me so much, (laughs) especially because of the direct reference to it's a wonderful life that it leans into the sentimentality of it. And I'm like that, you know what, Uh, with a horror Christmas movie, it easily could have gone real dark or real like nihilistic. And instead it's like, Nope, we're, we're leaning into the Christmas part of this, that the, that we want the hope we want this magic of the season can overcome all of the adversity can make things incredible. And, um, I, I love that. I just, I had a total blast so much so that I was like, when there was nothing on nothing being released this week, uh, in, in both the UK and the U S 
and no real major releases. Um, like we could have done Priscilla, but Priscilla is not out for Matt until January. Classic. Um, yeah. So like the one kind of big release is only a big release here. And even that it's a limited theater. I had to drive 45 minutes to see Priscilla, which I did, but we didn't have a lot of options. So uh, the fact that we were able to get screeners for this um, and it really clicked for me. I was like, Matt, let's do this movie. And so I hope I did not steer you wrong, sir, because I had a blast with it. What did you think? Well, when John Burke requests something, you're hard pressed to say no, aren't you? But um, yeah, I'd seen this in my inbox for a while. And we've said previously on other shows where we cover uh, smaller films or independent films or just ones where we're solicited, if you will. Um, and I don't always look at the emails. So again, apologies for anyone who is sending them because there's too many. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. Something has to jump out. Now, obviously the title of this did, you know, well done for the title. It, it, it did jump out. I mean, it's one I would have liked to have seen. And then when JB mentioned that maybe we should cover it for the ep- this episode, it gave me that impetus to go ahead and do it. I love scary films, horror films. I love Christmas time. Meld the two together. Like we've been seeing more and more in recent years, actually. And I'm happy. Yeah. So, um, it's a wonderful knife. Yes. You're, you're, you're riffing on one of the all time great films, let alone Christmas films. I know it's John holds it in such high regard and it's clear to see why it's uh, saturine or not. It works. And there's a reason why, 70 years later it's still a staple for christmas for families around the world so as for this one though jb it's uh it's sold as a horror comedy and i will i will admit and agree that it is much more of a comedy than a horror film yeah uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it does it does have its moments and uh i enjoyed it let's get out of the way now i i enjoyed it didn't didn't love 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 it but i enjoyed it i liked it i had fun with it like you said the most the, like the, the the one thing I want if it's a horror comedy and once you kind of get the tone of it is by the end of it did I have fun whilst watching it or was I entertained and yes I was now there are nitpicks here and there throughout but I, I enjoyed it it's got a good tone I th- th- there was a few things holding me back from being able to say that this is going to be a a cult classic or a classic of the kind of Christmas horror subgenre going forward but I think there's just enough there to make people be very, very happy when they watch it. Um, yeah, the villain is very screamy, uh, which and scream now is it's so omnipresent in so many of these films since '96 when it came out. It's become the flag. It's become it's become the thing it's set out to parody almost. It's now become the influence, and I'm here for it because I absolutely love um scream. So seeing more and more influences on this and things like Sick from last year. I'm here for it. My notes, though, I have my, the first line of my notes says villain is angelic Carlo Ren. I was like, I was like how do I describe <laughs> this guy? I was like, it's, I didn't want to, I was like, I've got to kind of like, but watch how I phrase it. It's like angelic Carlo Ren. That's what he looked like. I really, mm-hmm. really like the first 15 minutes of this when it looked like it was going to be a, and again, no spoilers, when it felt like we're going to be straight up just slasher horror vibe. Like, yeah, I'm in. But actually, I'm quite glad that they pulled a, a freaky on us or a happy death day or a totally killer and changed it up a little bit because how many, you know, straight up slashes have we seen? Like Sick from last year, which was okay, pretty good. But w- w- we've been there, seen there and done it. Unless you can reinvent the wheel, they're much the much the same. Whereas something like this, at least it tried something different. Of course, it is riff- riffing on Frank Capra's film. But I quite like that. I think it's unique because of that. So, uh, yeah, there's some good scenes in it with, with the horror moments. They kind of build up to big sequences as one in a theatre with a camera flash, which is pretty cool. 
Um, mm-hmm. the, the the beginning scenes are very cool as well, and the mystery that it tries to uh, weave is pretty engaging as well. Once we get to where the, where the film needs to go to, and there's some good jokes as well. Um, is at one point something's happened where the police have to arrive, and you can just kind of hear in the background some guy got one of the cops says. We need. We need more. We, can you get some more caution tape? Because I think we're going to need to be a bit more cautious. I was like, "Yep, stupid gag. It wins for me." Somebody <laughs> literally says at one point, "You're George Bailey." There we go. Completely yeah, yeah. selling that. Um, and yeah, Bedford Falls in or Pottersville in Wonderful Life. Angel Falls here. Uh, you've got Clarence Hyde body saving George Bailey uh, on Christmas Eve, and you've got very similar things happening there. Mister Potter's Justin Long. And Winnie's dad acquiesces and works for him as well, which is not a spoiler. Similarly to It's a Wonderful Life as well, in, if you want to mm-hmm. compare them. There's very there's a lot of um, comparisons. Some of them probably do hold it back as well from being its own thing. But if you look at the title of the film, it's quite clear that, that that's what they're going for. But, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. You've got the adjusting lawn is like, perma spray tanned, big white teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, very over the top, chewing the scenery. I enjoyed him in this, and yeah, Winnie and Bernie together are very, very likable. When I was watching it, I thought there are moments in it. Where I thought it feels like a bit of a jump from how we get from their characters from there to there, but I, I can accept it. I don't mind it. But I was like, I think we're missing like a scene or a line of dialogue here or there to kind of really make these things organically connect for me, but. I'm fine with it because like I say, by the time I got to the end, I, I enjoyed this. But if you're expecting a, a thriller or a you know, scary horror film, this isn't going to do it for you. But if you're expect, but if you want a film, which is a com- horror comedy and uh, maybe aims to look more at the characters than the actual horror itself, then I think you're going to enjoy this. Is it, is it saturine as John mentioned earlier on with it's a wonderful life? Yes. Yes, it is. But, sometimes that's okay sometimes with all the doom and gloom we get in films like five nights at freddy's taken himself far too seriously we need a little bit of levity and oddly enough the writer of this film uh, uh sorry the director of this film tyler mcintyre wrote that piece of crap five nights at freddy's so there's that that's interesting he also directed Tra- tragedy girls which i really like that from five six years ago i thought it was a good film and he's done uh, vhs segments as well so uh, the guy's been there in and around the horror community for a long time. I enjoyed this. It was not, it's always good to see Catherine Isabel on screen. Uh, obviously, we just saw Ginger Snaps for the horror movie Havoc Bracket. But I like this, JB. It's um, it, it's not going to be threatening my top 20 of the year, but it does not yeah. every film needs to. Did I enjoy it? Yes. Did I laugh during it? Yes. And by the end of it, was I satisfied? Yes. So, uh, yeah, if you're coming out near you, check it. It's an hour and 27 minutes long. Go check it out. I agree with that completely. And again, uh, it, even if it's not in the theater near you, put it, you know, put it in the back of your mind. It's coming on Shutter at some point. I wish we had an official date. They have not announced it yet, or at least as of recording, they have not. Maybe they will after the theatrical run to give us a closer idea. But it will be on Shutter at some point. It's it's on the poster, so it's definitely coming to Shutter. Uh, yes. some uh, future date. So mark it, remember it. Uh, if you can't see it in the theater then get ready to watch it on streaming because, again, it's a fun uh, movie, especially for fans of the genre. Dude, I will say it again. Date movie. 
it's just kind of a great date movie or just or even a a platonic date movie get your buddies round and just what you want if you want to have a fun time watch this or if you like horror but you're not you're a little bit you don't like the scares that are involved in it this will be for you but if you are looking for a gore fest don't invite the the gore hounds round because they will be disappointed but i think if i think most of the, i think this will do well when it comes out i think i think people will enjoy it i do too and that's uh i think that's our review yes sir um, for it's a wonderful knife again we're not going to talk spoilers because it's it's not really available just yet and we don't want to ruin it for other people um that said let's move to our next segment this is chopped headlines uh movie or pop culture news that caught our attention since the last time we recorded um and listener a little spoiler for episodes mm-hmm. to come our last official segment of chopped headlines we're going to be mixing it up a little bit adding something slightly new similar exciting something slightly new in the upcoming weeks uh but no worries. Before we do that, we're going to talk a little bit of headlines. So, Matt, what's your headline for the week? Well, we like to talk, and when we change things up, it gives us a chance to talk about films more, which is always a win. Now, I had this one down in the hope that it would appear before we recorded, and lo and behold, the movie gods came to us and gave us the, the first teaser trailer for the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife, and we now have a title f- for it. I'd like to know John's opinion on the title, which is... Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. John, before I dive into any more, there's your title, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Cool, I dig it. What do you think of that title, Frozen Empire? Uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't... Well, I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen the trailer, so I have a little bit of context. It's hard to separate yeah, yeah. it now. But um, if you just told me the title, I don't, I don't think it sounds like the next movie. Like, I'll be like, <laughs> where did that come from? Or comic. Why is it an why is it an empire? You know, like what what Empire what State about, Building? I don't know. So I'm just pulling at straws yeah, here. Fair, fair. I mean, that's actually that you you've immediately made me backpedal, like, oh wait, maybe that's a good point. It is New York City. But when I think Empire, I'm thinking like this massive amount of territory. And what yeah. we just saw of Ghostbusters, this is this will be their attempt at a comeback. Um, and now, obviously, Frozen Empire probably isn't referring to the Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. but what else? You know, like why isn't it? Like it's a Ghostbuster movie. Um, nope. Like I don't know. It feels like like we have Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters two, Ghostbusters that they then tacked <laughs> on answer the call. Yeah. But at least we get why that's there. Like we understand what that was referring to, right? Who are you going to call? Answer yeah. the call. Okay. Um, and then Afterlife. Off-off. Yeah, it works. And if you, after, yeah. after you see it, it, it makes even more sense, right? Like, I think the Afterlife title is earned. Um, yeah. But, and again, I've seen this trailer, so I do understand at least the Frozen part of the title. Um, I don't know if I like that title. Uh, what about you? Is it Did it grab you? It did not. Um, I'd heard it. I'd seen rumors abound online that it was going to be called Frozen Empire. Someone leaked it. Now, I never believe those until I hear it from an official source because there's also another one going around uh, to do with something being cold. And I assume it's because the teaser trailer, you could see the icicles. But Frozen Empire, yeah, I don't know. It seems a bit too um, kind of melodramatic, a bit too OTT, a bit too foreboding for me. It, it does sound like a game or a comic book or mm-hmm. like the MCUification of it all. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of subtitles and um, not to dunk on those guys over there, but... But again, it might be it might all come 
to fruition once we've seen the film uh, fully and we'd be like, right, I get the frozen part, which we'll mention, but I don't mind the Empire, we'll see. Unless there's like a ghost gang who's going to be coming out. But um, well, anyway, so the trailer came out today, 8th of November 2023. Uh, the official description was released as well before I talk about the trailer. The, the film itself then, in Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, the Spengler family returns to where it all started, the iconic New York City firehouse to team up with the original Ghostbusters who've developed a top secret research lab to take busting ghosts to the next level. But when the discovery of an ancient artifact unleashes an evil force, Ghostbusters new and old must join forces to protect their home and save the world from a second ice age film is expected to hit theaters on March 29th, 2024. So firstly, thank God we're not getting Vigo again. I love Vigo. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but we had Gozer in the last film. I didn't want to. I'd heard whisperings that they were going to find a way for to bring Vigo back or a, a another variation or incarnation. I thought I don't want that. I want something new. What I liked about yeah. the trailer, I thought the trailer is pretty good actually. What I liked about the trailer is that just that it felt different. Now, is Ghostbusters? Yeah. F- f- if you're just looking at parts one and two, the OG from the eighties. Is Ghostbusters the kind of film where you you'd think you could take it in all new different directions? No, not really. No, I really you know. And even like the reverence for Afterlife, and then kind of turning it into this reverence for those OG characters, you could look at it like people did and said that feels odd because the first two were just screwball comedies. But here we are. But I like the fact that we are doing something different. Yeah, we're back in New York City, but they're going bigger at least. Bigger doesn't always mean better, but they're doing something different. We're not just having the guy in the painting again. Um, this does feel like a real Ghostbusters episode, the animated series with the 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 frozen part of it and the Ghostbusters having to team up to defeat this otherworldly entity. And um, yeah, so New York has been overtaken by a death chill, which uh, apparently if you come into contact with it, it freezes you from the inside and out and you and you feel it before you die pretty horrific stuff so there's a killer storm taking on the city the og cast are in this film they are in the trailer they're not hiding it this time dan Aykroyd, big bill murray we knew ernie hudson was in it because he said they're in the trailer i love to see that we haven't got to worry about that hopefully they're in the film for more than 30 seconds but joining them is again paul rudd carrie coon film wolfhart mckenna grace logan kim uh and celeste o'connor Annie Potts is back. Kumail Nanjiani's back. Patton Oswalt's coming as well. Sorry. And um, James Acaster is in the cast oh. as well. He's he's in the trailer as well. Uh, so I know that the effects in this weren't finished. I'll say that as well before chucking all the way over though. Because the first thing I thought was, wow, those effects on the ice aren't good. But I know because I've checked with sources and they are not done yet they there was it, it was the trailer was dropped recently at a some kind of test thing and they made the announcement there as well like look we are still working on the effects however here they are at the minute you get the idea um so i i i don't dislike it my friend we get a new villain some kind of like big frosty villain with big spindly hands and arms no issue with that it's not gozer again Let's just see where where they take it. I think I need to see a full trailer though, JB, which gives me more context on where we're going with the story, what is the tone. But it still it feels like Afterlife Part Two uh, with those new characters coming back, and they all feel very similar. Even though we really only heard Paul Rudd saying 
anything in this trailer but um i did i, I enjoyed it john listen it's a new ghostbusters trailer i'm always going to be excited um the title was a bit odd but what did you think when you saw this um i i i can't say i'm not excited because i mm-hmm. i do love the ghostbusters and i'm always willing to let them win me over you and i were definitely on the dissenting opinion of afterlife uh, a lot yep. of people hated it we were both very fond of it um i'm hopeful for this one but it does feel too serious to me mm-hmm. um in the trailer and like ghostbusters is a comedy first right yes. and like everything else is a part of it and like there's there's heart and there is like suspense and and a little bit of horror in the first movie uh, a little more in some ways in the second film and it gets a little sillier in some ways in the second film and afterlife i got i think the tone made a lot of sense for afterlife because we were just getting to know them there is still a lot of humor in that movie um but it, it definitely has a, a a overall more serious tone at times yes. um because of the grief and things built into it but now it's like they they've that felt fixed right like the family unit felt fixed like this revelation her uh, you know carrie coon like making coming to good terms with her her deceased father and why he was the way he was and so i i kind of want to get back to the first movie vibe not you know but i like what you i like the point that you made that it does feel like it's something different but i don't want it to become marvel and or dc trying to be marvel which is a bigger fear i have um because everyone who has tried to be marvel has failed uh way harder than as bad as some of the more recent marvel things have been none of it has been as bad as those who have tried and failed to be marvel right like those feel way worse um and so i am uh apprehensive about um the movie for that reason and the trailer like there's some cool looking stuff but it, it doesn't all look like ghostbusters like even the title my first thought was game of thrones like winter is coming like you know what, you what are we doing? um because that's that's all i could think of and i'm like at least it's actually going to show up because that's the one thing game of thrones promised us winter was coming for like four or five seasons before it finally showed up um so at least it looks like that's going to happen right away here is that we're going to get ice pretty quickly um <laughs> but i don't know and it, it does it makes it feel like the og guys are going to be more prominent and i don't know if that's good or bad you know like, as long as there's purpose as long as there's a reason i'm fine yeah i'm, I'm hopeful though i i mean i want it to be great obviously I, I i'm a fan of the franchise in general even i like to a lot of people hate to um i don't think too you know incredible i think one is incredible and I think Afterlife hit the emotions really hard for me. And I do hope they don't lean as hard on nostalgia as they do in the first. Like, like Afterlife made sense to do a lot of what it did. It was it was clearly looking to hit those uh, the fandoms like us in a way that we would have an emotional reaction, maybe unwarranted. Um, and it did that. I, I don't need this movie to do that again. I, I want to be in. T- I want to feel like, all right, cool. We're back. Let's keep going. And not like, cool. They're reminding me that they're back again. You know, like I, I just want to be there for this movie. So I think, I'm hope- uh, I think you might be burnt by that. Yeah, I, don't know, I know the trailer doesn't necessarily say anything uh, along those lines, but 
Gil Keenan's involved. Obviously, he was involved in Afterlife heavily uh, alongside Jason and Ivan Reitman, RIP. But, you know, there's going to be a couple of moments throughout where it's a wink and a nod or or, or they're pulling at those heartstrings. You know there is going to be. It's just, it's just a way of modern filmmaking, yeah. especially when we're looking back at uh, nostalgic or beloved franchises. For sure. But again, it is, it's the second movie. That's why I feel like it doesn't need to lean as hard on it as yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, like you said, it, it probably will. Um, we will, Jamie. And that's but, disappointing. But before, before we put, move on, I just thought it was funny you were talking. I thought it funny. Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2, Ghostbusters answer the call, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, crap. We can't call it Ghostbusters 3. Damn it. Uh, give it a subtitle. And now they're just having to come out with subtitles because they can't use the numbers uh, because obviously the outlier, the, the 2016 version, which I still don't hate. I think it's quite fun. Um, too long. So, JB, what is your headline this week from Ghostbusters to... To low-budget Barbenheimer. Um, Guys, if you recall this summer, uh, there was a whole thing about uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie coming out at the same day, and it was um, Barbenheimer, and there was all sorts of funny memes. Well, someone took it literal, and we are getting a movie called Barbenheimer. Um a low budget horror film from a very popular. Oh, what the link I copied is not directly to the article. Great. Um, good for me. Uh, I will have to go digging for this article now. Um, I forgot all of the details at this point, but, uh, yeah, we're getting a movie called Barbenheimer, um, sometime in 2024. Uh, and here's an article from Vulture. Um, I had to go dig it for this. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So uh, obviously, um, it makes sense. I mean, we just got, blood and honey which is a winnie the pooh horror jesus film. um you know you and these these movies have existed for forever right where you get like when transformers came out we got transmorphers straight to dvd and <laughs> uh like those of all like Something those those knockoff there's like 18 different thor parody movies that, when thor came out like there's one with kevin nash playing thor um because you know thor exists outside of marvel as he's a yep. norse god so yep. like anytime studios can one potentially trick someone into seeing their version of the movie or uh two make fun of it um and just know that there's a there's an audience for people who want to see these kind of goofy things uh so um here's uh, a phenomenon has inspired upcoming comedy about a doll scientist who builds an atomic bomb to take out humanity d cup <laughs> a bomb a poster tagline teases um wow uh, i'm trying to find out who um Charles Band, a B-movie veteran who pumps out low-budget titles with his company Full Moon Features, which I think that's Full Moon Features notorious for these types of movies is my understanding. Um, yeah, so we're getting this uh, sometime next year. Um, Matt, will you be looking to see Barbenheimer, the actual movie titled that, and not just the event that everyone participated in? I wasn't, and then I just read an article which says this, John, and suddenly I am in Barbenheimer will follow the story of scientist doll Dr. Bambi J. Barbenheimer, who leaves her perfect Doltopia world and her boyfriend Twink Dollman for the real world <laughs> after discovering how dolls are humanely treated by children. When she sees the brutality in person, she transforms her rage into her work and decides to build a nuclear bomb to wipe them out. Um, my, I, I am in, and Charles Band says, look, it's it's so silly, but it seems like every other feature is dark and depressing, which is actually what we've just spoken about. And it's like, God damn, we need a little humour going into 2024. So I think as long as everybody realises that, 
this is just a $1 million gag, but gimmick, basically. Let's have some fun with it. I'm fine with that. It, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey tried to be something else. It tried to be this serious horror film, and it is the biggest waste of time I've had in years. Um, beaten out of Five Nights at Freddy's. Sorry to keep dunking on that, but Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey was uh, unbelievably bad in every way. This, though, looks like it probably w- will be quite fun. It'll be cheesy as hell, JB, but is it going to be, you know, is it getting a cinematic release? Who knows? It probably dumped on sci-fi or something, but of course I'm going to watch it, John. Why not? Why not? Are you? <laughs> Why not? Um, it depends on how readily available it is. I will not yes. be spending money specifically to watch this. Um, <laughs> if it's a screener option, I'll take it. Um, yes. If it is on a streaming service I already subscribe to, I'll watch it. Um, if it happens to be on some, you know, that's, uh, really, I guess I don't do TV anymore. But back in the day, if this were on like TBS or like Sci-Fi Network or something, when I had cable, totally would have let it play. I don't currently have that, so I'd have to still actively decide to watch this. But um, yeah, I'm not opposed to it. That's for sure. Um, Interesting. It sounds pretty funny. Uh, it, it, the fact that it exists is very funny, right? Like more so than anything else. Um, it's just like, wow. I guess that's a, that's one option you can you can take uh, with this is let's make a movie about the thing we were joking about for so long. <laughs> I mean, it's. <sighs> when i first saw it there was a huge amount of cynicism that came in i thought can't we just have nice things and just let them be a moment in time instead of having to draw them out or having a initially i was like why why are the studios jumping on this it's not stop trying to make it a thing but then when i realized it is this what full moon studios or whatever and it is it's b movie through and through then suddenly i look at it through different lenses so yeah but i'm i'm here for it as long yeah as long as i haven't got to pay for it yeah exactly um if it's available yeah, no, no worries. And if it's not available, I'm not gonna, you know, be upset about it. So it's whatever. Um, that, that's my headline. That's all I got. Um, I take it. Any anything else to add before we move on? Um, no. Um, I just hope Ghostbusters: Frozen Empire is better than Barbenheimer at the end of 2024. By the end of 2024, <laughs> I hope we'll Barbenheimer see. wins the Oscars. Um, Stranger things have happened. Got a Crash winning for best picture. Oh wow! Wow shots fired and crash <laughs> <laughs> all right folks that's our next segment then we're going to media consumption these are movie tv video games music podcasts anything else we use to pass the time to entertain us uh matt i want to know what have you been listening to or consuming since the last time we recorded uh bits and bobs here and there jb um i what listened to the horror show and the halloween episode on halloween resurrection um it was fun to listen to the guys tear that to pieces. That's the one with Buster Rhymes, trick or treat, mother blubber, and all that stuff. So it is awful. So I sometimes it is fun just to hear people just having fun watching something like that. And I've been watching the guys over at Double Toasted on YouTube with their bad movie roasts and their movie reviews and just general talk. Always enjoy watching those guys. So films then. I watched a film, John. It's called Ghostbusters Afterlife. Huh. I knew oh. that the uh, frozen. I can't, I can't, I can't, I've got to get used to that. It's got an R in it, which really annoys me. Frozen. I've got to try and pronounce that. But Frozen Empire. I've got to try and get used to saying that. Frozen Empire. The sequel to Afterlife. I knew that the tra- tra- teaser trailer was coming out today. So last night, I, th- I just got the hankering to go back and watch Afterlife. And I, I mean, like you said, we were the kind of yeah, just said we were the ones on the other side of the uh, line for once who were 
banging the drum for it and saying, you know, what a what a good time you had and it hit those beats. And every time I watch it, I dig it. And it works because those new characters, I think, are so fun and enjoyable that when we get the 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 OG, the big boys at the end, it hits twice as hard because for me, it's in the rest of it is just as enjoyable. So, uh, Ghostbusters after I've had a good time with that. Uh, Train to Busan. I bought that for about a pound from my local CEX store, GameStop for you guys in the States, I think. Went there the other day to get it. They couldn't find the disc. I said, okay, fine. <sighs> Went back a couple of days later. It was back on the show, so I picked it up, bought it. Really, it's Train to Busan. I'm not going to tell everyone about Train to Busan. If you've seen it, you know how good it is. If you haven't, it's one of the best zombie horror films probably ever. It really is that good because it again gets those basics of the genre right, but it weaves in for me critical things just to make me care that bit more. Uh, somebody at work asked me about it. He said, "I've never seen it." I said, "Man, you've got to just check it out. It's probably available on streaming. I don't know, but physical media always try to keep as much of that as going as possible." Train to Busan and the Killer, David Fincher's new film, The Killer. Mm. Remind me, what did you think of it? Because I know you saw it last week and you mentioned it. I'm a big fan. Um, mm. I liked it a whole lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say it's Fincher-esque. Oh, wait. Of course, um, yes. It's on the poster, isn't it? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. Um, I did like this one. I just, I, I was watch, When I was watching, I think, I can't remember what JB thinks about this. And of course, if, if John said he hated it, then I would still say, that's a shame because I quite liked it. Um, but I did like it. It's, um, it is very Fincher-esque. I know what you mean, John. <laughs> it is very Fincher-esque. It, it, but... We laugh at it, but Fincher is an author. He has his he has his style. You know, Fincher has a way of shooting his films from the ground, literally from the ground up. The lighting and everything, every other things that makes a Fincher film his. It's it's here. Now, um, is it is it vintage Fincher? Fincher is it up there with some of the greats he's done? Maybe not, but it's probably the next level down. I'd say. Um, I'm just glad that we're getting films by David Fincher coming out on netflix which are readily available like mank like the killer where we can go and just enjoy his work because the man's every time i look at it i know you 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 have been checking out his work for the blank check watch along but mm-hmm. the more i look at his filmography my like, god damn this is such a solid such a strong dis- uh, filmography for me when and fincher i don't know if, I don't know if this is a hot take or not but i still feel like fincher is slightly uh, overlooked maybe it's definitely not oh, underrated yeah. but i think he's overlooked because look at just look at the films he's done i mean even going way back to uh the 90s such a strong filmography and 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 mank i, I quite enjoyed mank again it's not one i'm going to rush back to watch but um i liked it uh but the killer i think was yeah this felt more finchery then it feels like fincher going put, putting on a familiar coat and just enjoying his evening that's what i got from the killer i enjoyed it so it's definitely out on Netflix in the UK. I don't know about the States, but it's definitely out over here now. So do go and check that out. And uh, in terms of games, I haven't played any more Spider-Man. I need to stop playing Spider-Man, uh, especially now that the Ghostbusters Frozen Empire trailers come out. I can take pictures by the landmarks now. But I've been playing EA Sports FC 24 with my uh, buddies over here. Uh, every every other night or a few nights we get together and play as per the cross-play revelation. Still waiting to play Speed sport speed storm speed oh, racer yes wow. speed, storm. speed storm still want to play that of jp um but at least i'm playing my very expensive playstation a bit more now but uh yeah that's what i've been checking out jp um kind of horror and horror adjacent 
and a bit of football nice uh which i know you've been checking out as well but what have you been uh looking at this week so uh podcast i i've added two new podcasts to my rotations um you know i listen to blank check every week Blank check. Uh, the two guys, David and, and Griffin, have been on other podcasts. That's how I ended up listening. I actually didn't even include this. I've been listening to Doughboys still. I've I've really grown into uh, that show. But um, I they were all, the guys from Blank Check were on an episode of the Big Picture, uh, the Big Picture podcast. They do uh, on occasion they'll draft. Um, so like if you're familiar with like fantasy drafts and stuff, they draft um, the movie that they were on for uh, lawyer movies, right? So. Um, they give categories. So like you draft the lawyer movie for thriller, you draft a lawyer movie for comedy, you draft a lawyer movie, blah, 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 things like that. Right. And, um, and after everyone drafts the movies, they put the, the, their team online in the fans vote. And then that's who the winner is. Um, and so that got me to listen and I was like, wow, I, I like this. The, the two main hosts from the big picture, I, I was vibing with them. So I've listened to a few of their other episodes. They, they did a, a very extensive episode on killers of the flower moon, which I think is worth listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their take on the movie is very interesting. Um, and then uh, one of the guys, uh, they, they also, they just drafted David Fincher films, which was really hard. They only had three people on that episode, but there's only thir- uh, only 12 movies to draft. Um, but they also included categories that allowed to draft his music videos or commercials, which is where he got his start. Yep, cool. Um, but it was still like, it was fun. One of the hosts on that is uh, – on a, another podcast called rewatchables, which I've heard about for a while. Uh, I think David uh, from blank check mentions the rewatchables all the time. Um, and I noticed they had an episode of rewatchables on. So I married an ax murderer, which is a, a favorite movie of mine that I think not enough people have ever seen. Uh, so I was really shocked to see it on the rewatchables. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give that a listen. So now I'm kind of hooked on the rewatchables as well. So I'm like, okay, got all these things. Um, and I finished uh, killers of the flower moon, the audiobook. it's killer, of the flower moon subtitle, um, the beginnings of the FBI or the start of the FBI or something like that. Um, and uh, having now seen the movie and, and listened to the book, um, I have a better respect for both. And I want to rewatch the movie now. Um, I really like the book. It's a very compelling book and how it's structured is different, uh, completely different than how the movie is structured. Um, and uh, the, big pictures take on killer flower moon they've also listened to the book or they probably actually read the book and uh seen the movie um they make a good argument for why it should not be the same as the book and i I thought it was compelling so um all that i've listened to a lot of stuff um i haven't seen as many movies as i normally do and that's because of a video game i'm going to talk about here in a second but uh i did go see priscilla um i really like priscilla a whole lot Uh, i was also a fan of elvis last year um yes I think they are an interesting pairing. I like that we got them a year apart. Um, they are completely different in a lot of ways. Uh, do you know who's playing Elvis in Priscilla, Matt? Uh, Jacob Elordi? Yeah. Do you know what we have seen him in as a podcast? Oh, God. Is it the kissing booth? It's the kissing booth. I knew and it. I would not have. And, and the kissing booth, too. We suffered through two of those movies for this podcast. Uh, we we refused to do the third. Um, the only time you've ever actively said no to a film to to talking about a film yeah and um i was like when i realized it was him i was like "Uh oh but he's great in priscilla apparently he's also like on euphoria which i've not watched and um he's in uh saltburn which we're we're probably going to be reviewing later this year um and so i'm i'm much more open to him having seen priscilla uh kaylee spawny who's playing priscilla is incredible um 
I, I haven't seen all of Coppola's, Sofia Coppola's movies. I've seen most of her big ones. I haven't seen Marie Antoinette, which is, I think, the biggest one yeah. on my gap list. Uh, Bling Ring, I haven't seen. Um, but I, obviously, I've seen Lost in Translation. I've seen Virgin Suicides. Big fan of both of those. I like the movie she did with um, Bill Murray and... Lost in Translation? Oh, no, that, I, that one I know. Scarlett Johansson. Uh, she did one... It came out during COVID, I think, on Apple TV Plus. Um, oh, I can't remember Rashida Jones. Um, I always Rashida mess Jones. up her name. Uh, I can't think of what that movie's called, but I, oh, I like that uh, more than a lot of other people did, apparently. And then, um, uh, uh, the Beguiled. I I think I would appreciate it more now than when I saw it, but I did like it. But I I wasn't like it's okay. in love with it. Yeah, I I, I feel like movie viewer now is a little more willing to watch something like that where at the time i think it was very out of my norm um but i i priscilla really clicked uh as a study like i i it's not a movie that i can be like oh it's so much fun it's no um but it's very thought-provoking and um if you are empathetic i think you will really feel what priscilla is going through in some interesting ways going to ask the question a lot now and i'm sure we'll be cross-cutting with each other on this one but priscilla last year elvis was uh this film elvis was a big hit at the oscars what are we thinking for priscilla again not not necessarily prediction will it win but can you see it getting some love yeah um i i would be given the pedigree behind it i would be surprised if it doesn't get some love i don't think it's Mm -hmm. going to get like i don't think this is her best director nomination or um i don't think it's best picture uh, in my eyes, maybe um, supporting actor, I think is possible because I think uh, he's really good. And I, I would, I haven't, I haven't really sat down and thought through my best actors and actresses list, mm-hmm. which I should be doing automatically. And I just don't do that. Um, I need to do it soon. Cause I have to vote in like a month for uh, the CACF, but, oh, um, but I, I don't think she would be in my five. Although I, th- I couldn't tell you my five, so I, I could be completely wrong. I might be like, oh, no, she's definitely in my five. I do think she's really good in this. Um, but, it, you know, it's a, it's such a quiet performance. It's not – it doesn't feel like an Oscar movie outside of it being these two iconic – you know, gotcha. Well, one iconic figure. You know, Elvis is iconic, and I think by, by proxy, P- Priscilla is well-known, but I, I don't know if it's fair to call her a pillar of, like, pop culture, um, yeah, okay. especially how she's depicted in this film because she is – Naked gun yes no no again i i think (laughs) the interesting thing about it is i think we we so closely associate her and elvis um i would say this movie minus the um the fantasy elements of spencer it's closer in to a like how spencer is depicting princess diana's life Mm -hmm. um but you know like those those moments where like we're in her head and like we see like crazy visions that's not in priscilla like this is a much more grounded version of what we got in Spencer, but it is this kind of neglected wife perspective of like, and again, more troubling because she's 14 when Elvis starts, you know, grooming her is the, I don't know if that's the correct phrase, but it feels like the correct phrase having watched that movie. Um, Cause it is, he's like 10 years older than her. And he's like, Hey, 14 year old girl. When I can yeah. make sure when I come back in a year, you're the same. It's like, that's disturbing. Um, yeah. So, uh, and again, I don't think it completely paints a picture of him as a monster, but it definitely makes you go, "Whoa, this is wrong, right? Like, why did people let this happen?" Um, so it's it's a it's compelling to think about, uh, especially because again, it's not like it was happening behind, like with somebody people weren't like worshiping, you know, like people were 
all over Elvis. They they definitely were aware that he was like marrying a seventeen year old essentially. But um, I watched a documentary for Disappointment Media called A Still Small Voice. Um, it is filmed during COVID, like at the end of COVID, at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. Um, as a group of uh, chaplains are in their last year of residency, and um, it's it's tough. It's a really compelling look, specifically mm-hmm. at one person uh, who's going through a lot uh, in the role of a chaplain and kind of debating with her what her function is and how to set boundaries. And it's it's very emotionally jarring, but a really good documentary. Um, I caught Taika Waititi's new movie, Next Goal Wins, um, the second Michael Fassbender movie being discussed right now, both from Ooh. this year, uh, after he's he not done much in the last couple of years, so it's exciting to see him back, because I like Fassbender quite a bit. And he's Ridley Scott, giving him those alien paychecks. Um, but uh, unfortunately, as much as I've tended to like Taika's stuff, and I have not seen a lot of his early films, I, I'm going to be watching Boy and uh eagle and shark at some point i just have not got to them um i'm i'm finding a lot of his stuff to be uh diminishing returns um and this movie in particular feels a lot like a mess uh at times it feels rushed um it feels like he's never seen an underdog sports movie before um and also in some ways while this is a true story um, there are things added that feel wrong for them to have been added that were not part of it. And also at times it feels like he's more making fun of them than he is like encouraging their story. You know, like imagine if cool <laughs> runnings, they were making fun of like, why would Jamaicans have a bobsled team? And you'd be like, Oh, that's why are you so judgy? Like that's kind of how it feels at times in this. And it's like, well, that's a weird tone to take when you're telling someone's story. Um, and then there, there are, but there are moments that are really funny, and there are performances that are really charming that make it watchable. And yet, it, it's it's you feel the miss, like you can feel like, wow, there's something really great here, and it's not on the screen, and it's disappointing as a result. Um, and last <laughs> movie, I I won't talk about, but I saw the Marvels. My review is up at BurkeReviews.com, but we'll be talking about the Marvels next week. So I don't want to get into it right now. But if you want to know my thoughts before our episode, go go to Burke Reviews and read the review. Yes, the next girl wins. I'd heard things about, um, and it's a shame. I'm still waiting for a good footy movie, but um, I respect the honesty, my friend, especially with the cast involved. You maybe expect and the talent involved. You maybe expect a little bit more, but um, I respect your opinion, my friend, and I expect to not like it as well. <laughs> well, um, and then what? why I didn't watch as many movies as I often do is I was actively playing Spider-Man two, uh, last week and I beat it. Um, in fact, I got a hundred percent. I didn't get, I did not platinum it, but I, there's a, uh, getting a hundred percent in game. I did all the things. I have all the things I beat all the things. Um, something I, I don't think I usually do with these games. Cause some, some of the things that you have to do are, are often tedious, but I had such a fun time playing it. I wanted to go ahead and get everything. So I did. Um, and uh, it took up a lot of my time because I was having a blast playing it. I, it's it's one of those things that when I beat it, I um I felt very sad. Um, afterwards, you know what I'm saying? Like I was like, yeah. now what? Um, you know, and I was like, oh no, uh, I, I want I, I want finish it, man. I got to play it, man. Continue playing it. Yeah, please do. Um, but I haven't really started another game. I've still been playing Speedstorm when I can. 
Um, I have a few story games I want to play. I just, I'm like, I'm kind of in that, that moment right after a big game where I don't want to start something else just yet. So I'm just kind of waiting. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what I've been watching. Nice. And, as uh, usual, a nice mixed bag as ever from John Burke. Exactly. Um, but listeners, uh, before we go, we have to check in with each other to make sure we are doing everything in our power to stay bloody awesome. So, Matt, I need to know, what have you been doing to keep your bloody awesome levels at optimal performance? Um, well, I, was, I turned, <coughs> excuse me, another year older last week. I actually forgot about that. Uh, so I had a birthday. Very kind. Thank you for the gift, Mr. Buck. Happy birthday. I was expecting you to sing more, but I'll take that. Um, okay. No, so that was, that was very cool. Very nice weekend. Um Always enjoy getting another year wider, wiser. Um, so that was fun. Uh, what else? I went to the gym for the first time in the month. Very cool. And last night, yes. uh, upon recording, uh, I went to a gig in London. <laughs> it was a uh, it's a gig. It's by uh, it was a band called Galactic Empire, and they these guys, there's five of them, I think. They just dress up in not quite official Star Wars costumes because copyright, and they're a metal band, metal band who just run through the greatest hits of John Williams or the star Wars soundtracks. And they also threw in Jurassic park and Indy as well for good measure. Um, and it was what weird wild. I mean, weird in a good way because you know, you go to a gig and you expect kind of back and forth with the, the band or the lead singer released. And we, you, you kind of got that, but it's all within character and there's very little dialogue and it's just, let's just blast through these songs. And the band is tight as really, really tight band. Well, it's but turning around twice or well, more than once but i know i sent jb a few videos but they played the cantina band song and everyone starts dancing and everyone's sort of jumping and ra- putting their hands in the air like it's a disco then i turn around and there's just these people with moshing <laughs> in the background just fighting over the cantina band and then, and then during the imperial march and then later during um oh i can't remember what song it was now but one of the songs people were going like crazy and to the point where one guy got just folded he got absolutely leathered in the mosh pit ended up knocking most of us over almost but it was just odd to know that you can mosh to start john williams music but the galactic empire guys made it happen but that was in the camden underworld so 500 um capacity venue very small very intimate very sweaty very cool night very weird but why not try something new every now and then so if you like metal or rock and you like star wars then give check them out not 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 affiliated by them but very good evening and also got home at a decent time as well so win-win nice. for those of us who are getting older uh but what about yourself jb i imagine you've been doing something just as yeah, immature as that yes um i went to a bunch of screenings but that's not what i was gonna say um i i uh accepted my um acceptance i guess you could say i i think i mentioned i applied for my doctoral program uh for it to become an education a doctor of education and i had been waiting i'd been uh debating is it really was i ready to commit to, to the, the process and uh yes is the answer i i after speaking to my wife and really sitting on it and thinking about it i fully committed um i've officially signed up and started the process where in january i will be taking classes to become a doctor in education, so not a medical doctor. So if you get sick, don't come to me. But if you need me to teach you how to learn, I might be your guy. And um, so yeah, it's 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 
exciting. It's it's a little nerve wracking. It's you know going back to school again um, for my third degree, and uh, it'll be cool to be a doctor um, at some point here. Uh, again, I feel it's one of those things where it feels wrong to say because I'm like doctor really feels reserved for like medical doctors, which feels like maybe we should have given them a different title or like given other people a different title. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, but, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's the gist, man. I, I am, uh, I'm excited, um, to start the process, but yeah, that's, that's how I'm saying bloody awesome is I'm going back to school like Rodney Dangerfield. The man who who'd have thought when we left school that it would be bloody awesome to be going back again. But Dr. Birkenfield, I quite like that. It feels like you're becoming a ghostbuster in the end of all these PhDs and professors. Uh, you could be the new Venkman over there. Well, maybe I will. Um, I we'll so. have to wait and see. Uh, but you know what we will be waiting to see? Next week's movie, which is going to be The Marvels. That's right, folks. The MCU is back with its third entry this year. Um, we've had Quantumanium. We've had Guardians 3, and now we're going uh, to be following up with not only Captain Marvel, but Miss Marvel and Monica Rambeau. Uh, if you have been keeping up with all the Disney Plus shows, you will be familiar <laughs> with her from Wanda, WandaVision. If you watched Miss Marvel, uh, then you'll know Kamala Khan. And I think there's some secret invasion stuff, but from what I've heard, it's not significant compared to the need to watch a show that most people said wasn't very good. But I've already seen this movie. I'm not going to tell you if I like it or not, listeners. But I, I will say I think you should give it a try. Um, it is one of the shortest. I think it is the shortest of all of the MCU movies. Uh, it's oh, directed yeah. by Nia DaCosta. And it's worth, um, at very least, going to the theater and supporting your local theater chains. Because um, Five Nights at Freddy's can't do it by itself. So <laughs> Man, uh, we're, listen, we'll be back I- in- yeah. I, I'm not cheering that the Marvel specifically is short because I'm not an incel. I am just cheering that like short movies. Yes. Sometimes it's quite nice. Like it's a wonderful knife to just have a movie, which doesn't overstay its welcome. So looking forward to seeing it at the end of the week. Yes. And we'll be talking about it next week. So tune in and get, uh, you know, our thoughts on the newest MCU entry. Um, uh, I will say my review is already up at com. So if you don't want to wait, go ahead. Um, you can follow us in the meantime on social media, on Instagram, bloody awesome movie pod. Where can they find us on X and or Twitter, Matt? Uh, at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. And you can uh, follow us on Facebook if that's still your bag, um, like David Fincher and the social network. Um, at Just search <laughs> bloody awesome movie pod. Uh, we are a Rotten Tomatoes approved podcast, so we will be uh, hopefully improving uh the i forgot the name of this movie I, it's a wonderful knife um with our review of it and then uh individually you can follow us of course i'm at burkreviews.com and matt where can they find you uh what i watch tonight.co.uk and just search what i watch tonight across all of the socials and letterboxed and as i i, I meant to mention also at burke reviews for all those social things just like his um if you like what we're doing here and you haven't already taken the time, please take a minute and give us that five-star rating on whatever podcast catcher you use to listen because it helps other people find the show. And with that, we encourage you to keep watching movies. And stay bloody awesome. Blood, blood.